Super Great Kids Stories, wise tales from storytellers around the world, which will make you laugh and sometimes cry. Recommended for ages 5 to 105. I'm Kim and I love stories. Hello Super Great Kids and how are you? I'm very happy because I've been planting seeds which makes me think that spring is not too far away. That lovely time of year when everything starts unfurling with splashes of colour. The story this week is about a young gardener in India who has an interesting encounter with a large animal. It's told by the marvellous Kate Corkery. Before we welcome Kate, can you have a think about which is your favourite animal story and why? For example, my favourite animal story today is why crocodiles sleep with their mouths open. Because it makes me laugh and it's got a fun song in it. So, which is your favourite animal story and why do you like it? Have a think while we have a quick chat with the grown-ups. Hello, super great kids. I'm back. I wonder if you managed to think of an animal story that you like. And do you think you might be able to tell it to somebody at home or at school? Now, are you ready for our story from India? Let's give a warm welcome to Kate Corkery. Once, a long time ago, in India... There lived a king. Mm. He lived in a palace with his wife, the queen, and their many, many children. Oh, it was a busy palace, very noisy. It was in the city. A lot of people were coming and going, noise all the time. And the king was often grumpy because people were always asking him questions and he was tired and he just longed for some peace and quiet. So the queen thought it would be a nice gift for him if she could get a garden made that was just for him, where he could go to be by himself and be calm and have some peace and quiet. So she sent her servant out to find a builder. And the builder was asked to build four strong stone walls. And then she sent the servant out to find a gardener who could build a beautiful garden inside these walls. And after asking questions, they found a young man whose name was Mali. And Mali was a very good gardener. He loved plants and flowers more than anything. He'd learnt everything he'd known about the land from his mum, who was also a very good gardener, and his dad, who worked in the sugarcane fields. So Mali was asked if he would go every day to the garden and grow some beautiful flowers and plants and shrubs and trees and make this the perfect private garden for the king. Well, Mali was delighted, and his parents were very proud that he was actually asked to be gardener for the king. Mali would get up early, very early, every morning before anybody else was awake. 
and he would make his way down to the village and he would make his way past the sugarcane fields and he would open the gate with the key of the garden and he would go inside and he would spend long hours in there pruning and trimming and watering and tending to every plant and flower that was in that garden. And the king loved the garden. But one night there was a terrible storm. Oh my goodness, thunder and lightning and heavy rain battering down all over the place. And the next morning, when Marley got up, it was very misty and foggy. And as Marley left his little house in the village, he could hardly see where he was going. He couldn't see his nose before him. He made his way very carefully down the street. He made his way very carefully along by the sugarcane fields. He just knew the way because he'd been going there every day and he felt his way to the garden gate. And then he fumbled and found the key in his pocket and he turned the key in the lock and uh, opened the gate into the king's private garden. It was so foggy. He couldn't see a thing. He thought, I can't do any work yet. It's so foggy. I know what I'll do, said Malia. I'll sit down on that lovely marble bench that the king often sits on and I'll wait until the fog goes away and then I'll start my work. So Marley went to walk on the very wet lawn. His feet were sinking into the grass as he tried to walk. And he tried to run. But boing, oof, suddenly, ugh, he walked straight into a tree. Ah, said Molly, well, where's that tree? I, I, I never planted a tree in the middle of the lawn. Oh, my goodness, I must have made a mistake, lost my sense of direction. And then suddenly, whoosh, something whipped across his face. Ow, what's that, a rope swinging from the tree? What kind of tree is that? I don't know what it is. He stepped back, he went to the side and he stepped forward, but boing, he bumped into a second big tree. What, what? I didn't put trees here. There's another tree. And then he felt something wafting like a fan across his face. Something wide and flat was creating a breeze. It blew off his hat. Ah, what's that? Big cabbage leaf blowing around in the air. Ah, oh, let me just step back and go round the side. Marley stepped back and he tried to walk round the side, but boing! He walked into a third tree. Ah! Oh, and when he stretched up to see what sort of tree this one was, oh, he felt something hard and sharp at the end. Ooh, what's this? A tree of swords? I can't understand it. I never planted a tree with swords in it here. He tried to walk away from that tree, but boing, he bumped into a fourth tree. And this one seemed to be growing snakes. Oh! A big, thick serpent was sliding across his shoulders and trying to coil its way round his neck. Ah! Marley caught the serpent and pulled it away from his neck. Ah! But just then he heard a big sound. Ouch! You're hurting me. <gasps> Who said that, said Marley? It's me. I'm an elephant. Can't you see me? Elephant? Elephant in the garden? Yes. Who are you? You've been bumping into my legs. You, you've been pinching my, my, my ears. You've been tapping on my tusks. You've been pulling at my trunk. What are you doing? I, I, I work here, said Marley. I'm, I'm the gardener. Elephant, what, what are you doing in my garden? 
What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. I'm stuck. You're stuck? I'm stuck in the mud. Help me. Help me. Help to get me out. But how did you get in here? Well, I didn't come in the gate, said the elephant. It was too small. No, I... I fell out of the sky. You fell out of the sky? Yes. Well, I live in the big land above the clouds. Every so often I'm sent down to earth to taste some foods that maybe we don't have in our wonderful, beautiful big garden up above the clouds. And I happen to land nearby in that grassy field with the big, high, sweet grass. You mean the sugarcane field? Oh, sugarcane, is that what it is? Oh, it was so delicious. I tasted a little and I tasted some more. Oh, I tasted lots and lots of that. What do you call it, stuff? Sugarcane, sugarcane. Oh, I liked that. It was so delicious. It was so delicious it made me sleepy. I had to have a little nap. And then after I had a little nap, suddenly I felt the pitter-patter of raindrops on my head. I heard thunder and lightning and wind blowing. Oh, my goodness, there was a storm, a terrible storm. I tried to take off and fly back into the sky, but I was blown off course and I landed splat here in this murky, muddy garden. Please dig me out. Oh, well... Right, said Molly. Um, well, now that the mist is rising, I, I can see you, elephant. Oh, my goodness, you are very big, and I can see that your four big legs are stuck in the mud. Um, well, I can get a shovel, and, and, I, and I can try to dig you out. Please do, and please hurry. I really need to go before anybody sees me. Right, said Molly. So Molly ran to the shed, and he found a shovel. And he started to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig until... He managed to pull out one of the elephant's front legs and then he had to start on the second one and he started to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig again until... <sighs> he freed the second leg. My goodness, by now it was the midday. Midday sun was blazing down, no more mist. Marley was sweating. He was tired, but he had to continue his work. The elephant said, please keep going. I don't want anyone to see me. I need to get back to my home in the sky. Hurry up, little gardener. So Marley continued to dig and dig and dig and dig and dig until the third leg was lifted out of the mud. And then he continued, and by now it was getting towards evening time. It, it was time for him to go home, but please, he said, please dig out the last leg. So the little gardener, he continued to dig and dig and dig until he dug out the fourth leg. Oh, he said, thank you. Now I'm free to fly home, little gardener. Yes. You've helped me. I, I know I've, hel I've helped you, elephant. And I'd like to help you. How can you help me? Well, I can grant you one wish. One wish? Um. Yes. What would be your one wish if you had one wish? Oh, my, my, my one wish would be to, to, to see the beautiful... Land in the sky where you come from, where you say that everything is, is bigger and better than here. And, 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 and I would love to taste something, something that grows up there. Oh, you would, would you? Would you like to taste something big and fresh and juicy that grows up in my garden in the sky? <gasps> yes, please, said Molly. Well, it's getting dark now, little gardener. Why don't you go home? Find a basket, a big basket. <laughs>
meet me here first thing tomorrow morning. And if you come very early and you hold on to my tail, we'll fly up to my home in the sky and you can pick something beautiful and fresh to bring back. But only on one condition. What's that, said Marley? Shh. It's a secret. You must promise. Don't tell anyone else. Right, said Marley. It's a secret. I promise. I won't tell anyone else. Right, said the elephant. I will fly home now, but I will be here waiting for you first thing in the morning. You remember your promise? Yes, I remember my promise. I won't tell anyone else. Hmm. And what is it you think you would like to bring back to Earth? Oh, oh, something, uh, something tasty, something sweet. Would you like a big, beautiful, juicy strawberry? Yes, said Molly. That's my mother's favourite fruit. Can I bring back a big, big strawberry? You may. Right. The elephant flapped his ears, stretched out his trunk, and took off way up into the sky. Marley waved him off, and then he turned and he ran home. He ran past the sugarcane field, and he ran down the village, and he ran into his house, and he was looking in every cupboard. What are you looking for? said his mother. Oh, nothing, Mum, nothing, Mum. I'm just looking, I'm just looking. I need a big basket. You need a big basket? Why do you need a big basket? Oh, for nothing. Um, I, 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 I need a big basket and I need to have it ready for the morning. Why do you need a big basket ready for the morning? Be because, because, be oh, what is it, Molly? You can tell me I'm your mum. Oh, Mum, maybe I can tell you because you're the one person that I can tell everything to, Mum. I'll tell you. But promise me, shh, you won't tell anyone else. Of course I won't tell anyone else. What is it? Oh, Mum, I need this basket. I need a big basket. Because a giant elephant fell out of the sky yesterday. I helped to dig him out of the mud. And he said if tomorrow morning I go to the garden with a big basket, he will bring me to the big land in the sky. And I can pick a huge strawberry. And I can bring it back to show you, Mum. But listen, shh, it's a secret. Don't tell. Anyone else? Oh, of course I won't, said Mum. Of course I won't. Well, Mum, she had a smile on her face and a twinkle in her eye, and she said nothing. Until Dad came home. Dad was scratching his head. He said, I don't know what's happened in the sugarcane fields. I went out to the sugarcane fields and the sugarcane was all gone. Something's happened. It's vanished. Oh, really? said the mother. Um, well, maybe it's because somebody's eaten it. Um, who do you think would have eaten all that sugar cane all by themselves? Well, said the mother, I really shouldn't tell you, but as you're my husband and I tell you everything, let me just tell you that our son, our wonderful son, he is going to go up to the sky tomorrow to where a huge elephant lives, that elephant who's been eating all the sugar cane, and he's going to bring us back a big, big strawberry, but shh, 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 don't tell anyone else. It's a secret. Oh, said the dad. 
So it's a giant elephant who's eaten the sugar cane, who's going to bring our son up to the sky and bring back a big, huge strawberry. Is that it? Shh! Don't tell anyone else. <gasps> of course I won't, said Dad. Well, Dad went off for a walk. Do you think he could keep that secret in his head? No, he couldn't. As soon as he met his neighbour, and the neighbour asked him how he was doing, and he had to say, well, I'm not doing so well. The sugar cane has vanished because... Oh! Before he knew it, the secret slipped from his lips. He told the neighbour about the big elephant who came down from the sky, and he told the neighbour how his own son, his very own son, was going to go up to the sky next morning, and he was going to come back with the most ginormous strawberry that anybody had ever seen. <laughs> the neighbour could hardly believe his ears. But the neighbour was told, Shh! It's a secret. Don't tell anyone else. When the neighbour went home, do you think he kept it a secret? Well, I'm afraid he didn't. And of course he had a wife. And the wife had a friend who had a sister, who had a brother, who had a daughter, who had a son, who had a cousin, who had a friend, who had a grandmother. And soon, one person after the other heard the secret. One after the other was told about the ginormous elephant and the ginormous strawberry. And they were told that the next morning, the very next morning, their neighbour Marley was going to go with a big basket to the private garden of the king and he was going to go up to the land in the sky. Oh, it was so exciting, but everybody was told, Shh! Don't tell anyone else. That secret spread through the whole village. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, all the children in the school, all the mummies and daddies and grannies and granddads, everybody was told the secret one by one, down to the very oldest man in the last house in the village who was very forgetful and quite deaf. Even he was told the secret. Next morning, very, very early, another foggy morning it was, Marley got up. He had the basket. He tiptoed out of his house in the village. He tiptoed down the foggy street. He didn't know. He didn't see. He didn't hear. His mum tiptoeing behind him very quietly. Behind mum was dad tiptoeing very quietly. Behind dad was his friend. Behind his friend was his wife. Behind her was all her family and all their friends and all their family. The butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, every single person in the village tiptoeing down the street in the fog, down to the very last man in the very last house, the oldest one who was a bit forgetful and a little bit deaf. Yes. Marley made his way to the garden. He went inside. He could just about make out the big grey shape of the elephant swishing his giant tail. Good morning, said the elephant. Are you ready to fly to the sky? Yes, said Marley. Hold on to my tail. Did you bring the basket? Yes, I did. Hold on to my tail and we'll be off. And the elephant flapped his enormous ears. Flap, flap, flap. He stretched out his big trunk and the elephant managed to rise up from the ground and Marley was holding on tight to his tail and just then Mum grabbed Marley round the waist. Dad grabbed Mum. Dad's friend grabbed Dad. 
and one person after the other after the other held on to the one in front as the elephant rose higher and higher in the sky, thinking that Gardner was a very heavy gardener, but he was a very strong elephant, and he rose up into the air, and as they rose up above the mist, a long chain of people, one after the other, every single person in the village, down to the butcher, the baker, the candlestick maker, down to the very last man, the oldest one who was a bit forgetful and quite deaf. There they were, swinging in a long chain, all of the village, swinging away as the elephant flew higher and higher and higher and higher. And the very old man, the oldest one, who was hanging on to the end of the chain, he called to the person in front. He said, um, I've forgotten. Where are we going? Um, we're going up to the sky. Why? Because Mali helped the elephant, and the elephant's going to give him a big, big strawberry. Oh, how big is the strawberry? Said the old man. I don't know. I'll ask. And he asked the one in front. How big is a strawberry? I don't know. I'll ask. And he asked the person in front. How big was the strawberry? I don't know. I'll ask. And the question was passed all the way up the line until it got to Dad. And Dad said to Mum, Mum, how, how big is that strawberry he's going to get? And Mum said, I don't know, I'll ask. And Mum said, Molly, how big is that big strawberry? Oh, Mum, said Molly. And he turned round, he saw his mum and all the village hanging onto the tail. Ah, uh, uh, the strawberry, uh, the strawberry, the elephant told me, is... is it's really big. How big, said Mum. How big is it? Well, well, Mum, it's, um... And Marley turned round and he looked at everybody looking up, waiting for the answer. And he stretched out his arms as wide as he could. He said, it's this big! And as soon as he let go of the elephant's tail, Of course, everyone fell from the sky, down in a big, long line, until they went splash! into the river and the elephant flew higher and higher and higher until he vanished above the clouds and they never saw him again and Marley never got to see that big strawberry and he never got to go up above to see that beautiful garden in the sky where everything is big and juicy and fresh so no Marley had to go back to working in his garden and hoping that one day the elephant would return. And his dad went back to working in the sugarcane fields, and he was always looking out for a hungry elephant who might come back and eat his crop again. As far as I know, they're still waiting. But shh, it's a secret. Don't tell anyone else. Thank you very much to Kate for sharing that beautiful story. I like the fact that the Queen gave the King a quiet place to go when it was too noisy in the palace. I wonder if you ever get grumpy when it's too noisy. And if you have a place where you can go when you need some quiet. I can just picture that elephant flapping through the sky with Marley holding on tight and all the villagers streaming out in a line behind him like a sort of kite's tail with humans. You might like to draw your own picture of that and send it to us. Elephants are amazing, aren't they? 
Do you know that they're the world's largest land mammals? And they can spend up to three quarters of their day just eating. They eat up to 150 kilograms of food a day. That is a lot of food. It's about the equivalent of 375 tins of baked beans. Imagine having to provide enough food for an elephant. Maybe that's why people don't keep them as pets. We've got a few more fun facts about elephants and some elephant book recommendations on our weekly Owlets letter for subscribers. Now, time to dig deep into my bag of happies and say hello and thank you to some new Owlets who have kindly subscribed to our podcast and recently flown into our nest. Hello to superfans in Ireland, Lily, who is five, and Ruby, who is seven. They've been listening to Super Great Kids stories since it began. And they particularly enjoy listening while in the car driving to their granny's farm. Lily has drawn a beautiful picture of Kia and the Purple Fish, the Cinderella-style story from Botswana in Southern Africa. I really like the way you've drawn Kia looking so happy with her arms outstretched, gazing at the fishy fairy godmother. Glad you're enjoying the stories. Thanks to both of you. Oh, and thanks to your dad for donating on Kofi and for his warm words about the podcast in the Irish Examiner newspaper. And hello to New Owlet's Penelope, who is eight, and Sam, who is four, from Orange County in California. They've also listened to every episode, including the super great scary stories. Well done, you! And Penelope has drawn a beautiful picture of Watermama, a scary mermaid story told by Toop. I really love how you filled the page with details from the story. The moonlit sky filled with stars, the brick wall where Watermama is sitting and the sugarcane man listening to her strange song. Just brilliant. As I look at your picture, I'm sure I can hear her singing. Thank you, Penelope. And hello to seven-year-old Alice from London. Alice is a new owlet and listens to the stories on the way to school. She subscribed because she wanted to hear the bonus stories. I hope you're enjoying them, Alice. And hello to new owlets Luca, who is five, and Rosalie, who is two, from Brisbane in Australia. Their current favourite story is Strawberries in Winter. Thank you for subscribing. And a big hello to Owlet's Orin, who is six, and Gwendolyn, who is almost five, from Florida in the US. I wonder if you've told anyone a story. Thank you very much for supporting us. And hello to Taya, who is four and a half. Taya, you are very brave listening to the super great scary stories. And it's exciting that you made one up of your own. That is just amazing. Well done. Do keep it up. Sounds as if you're on your way to being a storyteller. And thanks for a kind and generous Kofi donation from five-year-old Laylee, who spends many nights listening to Super Great Kids stories and especially likes the Japanese story Momotaro, the Peach Boy, and Troll Mother and the Humans. 
thank you too to everyone who wrote thoughtful and generous reviews on Apple Podcasts, including PJ Cerner and Mexa Mum and Evelyn and her parents and Jude and Helen. Thank you. And we just love all the pictures that you draw while listening to the stories. We like the fact that each story is unique. So, here are some thank yous for the best of the super great pictures which you shared with me and Story Owl recently. Thanks to Annabelle, who is seven, from Maryland in the US. Annabelle is now living in Tallinn in Estonia. Thank you for sharing your beautiful drawing of the Golden Bowl story. I really like your smiling king in his shiny crown, handing over the wooden box with the golden bowl inside it. And hello to Franklin, Caleb and Wren. Thanks very much for your stunning picture of a fox, Franklin. What a talent you have. I love the fox's whiskers and the white fur around its face and the way you've used lots of different colours to show the various oranges and browns in its fur. Very creative. And thanks to Nova, who is six and lives in Illinois in the US. Nova sent an imaginative picture of Coyote Makes the Stars, with all the people dancing and the arrows which Coyote uses to help him climb up to the sky. Very imaginative. Thank you, Nova. And Sophia, who is eight, from Toronto in Canada, has drawn two very creative animated pictures, the Japanese story Momotaro the Peach Boy and the Korean story The Boy Who Used His Head. Two great stories and two great story map pictures. Thank you. And thanks to Jane, who is five and living in Idaho in the US. She drew a bright and colourful picture of the Russian story Strawberries in Winter. I love the way you've drawn Marushka with long black hair, rosy red cheeks and wearing such a stylish dress with amazing shoes. Thank you. And River, who is eight and from Portland in Oregon in the US, has drawn a wonderful picture of Mama Draga, the ogress from Sicily. It's so imaginative. Thank you. And thank you all. If you'd like to see those pictures, go to facebook.com forward slash supergreatkidsstories. That's all for now. Keep on telling your stories and singing your songs. See you soon. This story was recorded at Wardour Studios in London. Mm-hmm.